silence and people staring at you and judging you. All right, I'm weird. I'm a weird guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I've been told that from a very early age. Frank Zappa has an album called "Does Humor Belong in Music," and, and I think it does. Comedians Exposed, a podcast where comedians talk about vulnerability with your host, Deanna Kobe. So today's guest is a staple in the New Jersey and Los Angeles comedy scenes. His wild punches and bold antics have made him a favorite. He's an avid storyteller who's been a repeated guest on the Risk podcast. In addition to stand-up comedy, him and his wife are creators of hilarious videos that are beautifully edited, directed. You can find it on his YouTube channel, Call It Even. He's an author. Uh, In addition, he has an extensive career in music, having released over 40 albums uh, with a career spanning two decades And on top of all of this, he is one of the comedians I believe is willing to expose himself physically, which sounds dirty, but isn't. So get your mind out of the gutter and buckle up for the ride today on Comedians Exposed with the legendary Vin Brew. Thank you. That was an incredible intro. (laughs) Can we just stop now? That was... I can't live up to that, all those expectations. Man, it's true. This is all, come on, man. This is all the stuff you've done. It's wonderful. I'm so excited that you could be here today. Thank I'm so excited. Me. Thank you for having me. You have so much stuff, too, for us to dive into. I love it so much. Um, so, yeah, today we're here. We're talking about vulnerability. And you, being that you are so prolific in so many different areas of art, Obviously, the first question that I want to ask you mm-hmm. is, you know, so you're a musician, you're a writer, you're a storyteller, you are an actor, and you're a comedian. So out of all of these modalities of art you have at your expression, which one makes you feel the most vulnerable? Oh, comedy. There's no doubt about that. You're, you're alone up there with just your voice, and that's it's terrifying. I mean, I playing music, like I've certainly, uh, I write a lot of songs that are very personal, you know, you put yourself out there, uh, but it's never, it's not the same. It's so much easier to get up on stage and play a song, to me anyway. I don't I know not everyone feels that way. Because I feel like if you're competent, at least, at playing music, you will get a decent reaction or also people can just walk away and leave you know or talk while you're playing like it doesn't matter but comedy just silence and people staring at you and judging <laughs> you like there's uh there's a place the silver lake lounge in la it was the first uh mixed open mic that i've ever gone to and the comedy never goes well for anybody it's just everybody bobs <laughs> But the music goes great. And so this year I was like, I'm just going to bring my guitar and play songs. And like, they loved it. Like, you get applause. Everyone comes up to you afterwards. Like, that was great. But if you try to tell jokes, everyone's like, this is terrible. So I always feel way more vulnerable. Also, because I, you know, you talk about personal things. And like, I've never been 
uh, heckled us and used it. Like, again, I feel like if people don't like it, they're just like, yeah, we'll go outside and leave. But if people don't like your comedy, it's like aggressive, you know. Tell, tell me about uh, your worst heckling experience. I've had a lot of drunk people just shout out random things. And I, I'm always so uncomfortable. I don't, I don't do crowd work. I am terrified of crowd work. I'm going to pretend this isn't happening. So I'm just going to keep going, which I don't recommend doing. I feel like most people are, are good at uh, shutting down hecklers or at least addressing them. I'm like, I just, if I just stop, if I don't acknowledge him, he'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. He wants me to notice him. It's weird how too with hecklers too. I feel like sometimes they are people that like are seeking experience almost like they want to be like with what you're doing on stage, but they don't have that willingness, I think to do it, you know, that willingness to be vulnerable. So they kind of like, it's so interesting. Those people, I always want to like talk to them after be like, what's going on with you? You know, like (laughs) weird thing in in comedy that uh, the audience is just very, I think everyone thinks they are a comedian is is the problem in reality. <laughs> Which is why I like I I'd never have a problem with anyone telling any kind of, of joke. Like if you're telling a joke, you're a comedian, you can get a, you should be able to get away with anything. But the problem is that everyone thinks they're a comedian. So a lot of people will say offensive shit and be like, I was joking. And I'm like, Okay, but you're not a comedian. You're just an asshole. Um so I feel like everyone is watching a comedy show and they're like, ah, I could do better than this guy. And then they start mouthing off. Like I'm sure you, uh, you, everyone I know just gets friends sending them joke. Like you should do this. You should, this is funny. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's yeah. not, not funny. Did you get that in music? Did you get that in um, music a lot as a musician? No, no, that's the thing about comedy. No one does that in, in music. Like, no one's like, hey, what if you went to a C chord after that G? Like, no one does. <laughs> I mean, if you did, you would be an asshole. Um, but everyone, I feel like, is like, I could make this funnier for you, or I'm better than this. But they don't have to ball sing it up and do it. They're all just... And that's what's so weird. Like, comedy is bizarre to me because you're. it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be making people laugh, and people you would think would go to laugh like with like i'm gonna have fun and go laugh tonight but everyone shows up and they're just like you better have fucking entertain me or i'm going to kill you like <laughs> that's so true yeah like why are you guys this angry why did you come here like, did you like they just come to judge sometimes i think yes and what is the quote right the credit goes to the man in the arena i'm in the arena but you want to sit here and then take me down it's like that's yeah you know what's going on with people so yeah i mean it's not to say that like everyone has to laugh but but uh, a lot of the people some people who would be bombing terribly and just but i would still laugh and try to like i'm going to try to see the this is fun i just i'm here on a monday night i want to enjoy myself i don't want to be like this guy fucking suck fuck this guy i'm better than this guy i'm like i want to enjoy this because even sometimes when someone's bombing it's still fun yes Uh. (laughs) yeah no it is it's like especially when they really lean into it you know like they don't abandon i love when people don't abandon the bits that they're doing when they're bombing and it's like oh yeah this is it's beautiful it's art in its own way 
Yeah. Like, unless the only time I don't do that is if someone's being a total asshole. Like, if they're just, you know, saying offensive shit or just trying to be edgy and just trying to be like, and then turning on the audience. And I'm just like, okay, this is, you know, uncomfortable. But there is a lot of people that do go into comedy that you see only want to be edgy. And So what do you think about comics that do that kind of stuff? Like, where do you think their um, levels of vulnerability are? I don't think they're being vulnerable at all. I think they are very insecure, mostly. I just, I, you're trying to be like, look at me, I'm a fucking tough guy. I don't give a shit what anyone says. But I don't like it's all it's all been done before. You're not the first person to do this and you like new thing like I'm gonna say all these offensive things. And it's just lazy writing to me. But I feel like they just desperately want attention, which is mm-hmm. why you, you do that. You know, they just I mean I feel obviously we all do. That's why we get on stage. I was just, well, that was the next question I was gonna <laughs> actually ask you. Is there a drive for you to uh be a center of attention? Do you uh well I'm I Basically bipolar, I I would say. I mean, not. I've never been to a doctor. I don't like doctors, but uh, naturally, by nature, I am very shy. I don't. I don't go. I wouldn't go out most of the time. I didn't talk for most of my life in school um, or at my job. The job I worked at for thirteen years, I didn't talk to anybody, and so naturally, I'm very shy and terrified of everything. But on the other hand, I then go out at night and, you know, play music in a Speedo or, you know, get up and do comedy. So I'm glad that you brought up your Speedo because that was exactly what I was referencing in the introduction. Um, then if you Google his name, you will find images of him in an American flag Speedo. It's goddamn patriotic. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's talk about this, Ben. I want to hear about it. Sure. Uh, yeah, well, my band was, uh, my first band that I was in was called the South Jersey Seashore Lifeguard Convention Band. <laughs> and uh, I have a couple lifeguard tattoos here. As you got a little, little life preserver on the one arm and then uh, a lifeguard stand on the other. I've never actually been a lifeguard. I've just been pretending for 20 years, but uh, it, it was a whole theme. I had a whistle. I think I <laughs> whistle. Oh, here's my whistle. I've had this whistle for almost 20 years. All right, give it a blow for a second. That was, that was a great ball. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt me. Okay, so maybe you're right. You haven't been a lifeguard. Your whistle, your whistle blowing. <laughs> I haven't blown the whistle in a while, but, uh, and I think I freaked my dog out. Oh, poor pups. But uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a gimmick. <laughs> I had a public access show on the Manhattan Neighborhood Network for a while wow. called Lifeguard Lessons, where I uh, I bought a book off eBay, which I think was stolen from a library in Coffeeville, Kansas, because it had a stamp on it. <laughs> but it was a lifeguard uh, handbook, and so I would read chapters of this lifeguard handbook, and then I would have special guests and interview them about, um, you know, musicians that I knew, and we would talk about lifeguarding, and then we would play a song together at the end. Wow. Um, yeah, so I went full in with the whole lifeguard theme, which is where the, the Speedo came from. Okay. But also, I mean, in general, I've never had a problem with taking my clothes off, uh, which has been a problem uh, in my life. Like, as soon as, I think the first time I got drunk, 
actually, literally the first time I got drunk, I was going to tell a different story. But apparently when I was five, my dad gave me a sip of a beer at a restaurant and I took off my clothes and started dancing on the table. <laughs> and that's the most me story that could possibly exist. Because then like 12 years later in high school, I started you know, got drunk at a friend's house and immediately just took all my clothes off and started running around. I don't know why. I just felt like I'm free now. I feel. Yeah. So, yeah. But you can't, you can't do that all the time in public, as I've learned. It's not, (laughs) not everyone feels the same way about nudity. Um, How do you feel the audience responds to you when you uh, do comedy in a Speedo? It depends. It really depends where you are at the time play in the city we would play at this irish uh pub called desmond's tavern on like 28th and park avenue but there would be a lot of uh you know a a wide variety of people but it was kind of near midtown on park avenue so there would be like some bros after work whatever so i would get threats a lot from wearing the speedo i would get a lot of people wanting to beat me up over the years just for where, and I, I didn't know why. Uh, I mean, I guess there's nothing to be threatened about, certainly, <laughs> by what they're seeing. But I think they're just saying, I don't want to see that. Like, fucking, like, you know, they think I'm a pervert or like, you know, I don't, they don't like their, their girlfriends or whatever seeing that, uh, which is silly. I mean, it was New York City, but in general, people get offended by seeing. I just think it's funny. Like I'm not, there's nothing sexual about it. It's, it's just silly. It's just silly. So how much do you feel your comedy is based in truth? A lot of it. I feel like it all stems from a, a, you know, there's an idea of something that happens in reality and then it spirals out of control from there. We want to make a video Spoiler alert, we, we may not make it because it's weird, but uh, my friend painted our house this past weekend, good friend of mine, uh, who's a lunatic. He uh, he knew our dog, and he was like, yeah, remember when I used to touch your dog's penis? And I was like, what? And we have new neighbors at our house next door who were, we could we knew they were outside. We I heard them like, they could we could hear them, so they could certainly hear us. What the fuck are you talking about? He was like, I took my dog to the vet the other day. The vet says there's no inappropriate place to touch a dog. <laughs> Just stop it. And he was like, there's no inappropriate place to touch a dog. And he's like, Rocky, you want me to touch your little penis? He's saying this out, out loud. And like, this was insane. And then he's like, well, see you later. So we wanted to kind of recreate that in a video with him. <laughs> but I'm sure people would be like, that's... That didn't happen, but it did happen. And it was very, the awkwardness of, you know, like we saw our neighbors after that. We wanted to be like, I'm sorry about my dog molesting. Dog molesting. <laughs> Do they we have a dog that too? Guy. We have no idea who that guy painted. <laughs> Do they have a dog too? Yeah, he has his own dog. And he uh, was saying how he likes to play with his dog's balls. They're going to put up some, oh no, no, not the, not the penis touching dog, your neighbor. Does oh, they have a, yeah, they have a dog, too. They, oh, so there's going to be flyers of this guy in the neighborhood. He's going to be on some sort of registry. How would you describe your comedy? I try to try to cover everything. Some of it would be, you know, personal. Some of it would be political. Some of it's just completely absurd. So I try to cover all the bases. Um, so you never know what you're going to get. That's what I... 
How, what about your music? Does your music intersect with your comedy? Uh, I have written a lot of funny uh, or attempting to be funny songs over the years. I would uh, I didn't release a lot of them just because that's not uh, it's not cool to be funny uh, as a musician. Like there was uh, I wrote a song and I made a little video about it years ago. I wrote a song called "I Wear Tidy Whities in the Window." <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes I would come home from work and I would take my pants off and, uh, and then I would look out the window and realize like, Oh, people can see me and I'm in my tidy whities <laughs> and I, maybe I shouldn't do that. So I wrote this song and then uh, I put it on an album and then I made a little video about how, you know, I love Frank Zappa and, and we, as we were talking about yeah. the other night and I like, Frank Zappa has an album called Does Humor Belong in Music? And and I think <laughs> it does. So I made a little funny video about, about the uh, internal struggle of should I put this song on the app? Should I record this? Should I even be making funny songs? Um, but in general, I mean, again, my whole band was kind of a joke, the whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm kinda, I would kind of like to make an album myself of just these, a comedy album with music. I have to focus. Focus is hard for me. But I like doing all the different things that I do. Like I like having the freedom to be like, oh, I'm going to write jokes. Or, oh, I got this idea for a video. We'll spend a day doing this video. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to work on a song. Or I need more discipline, basically. <laughs> I need someone. I think you're pretty disciplined based on how much content you've created over the course of your lifetime. I think you're very, very disciplined. <laughs> a long life. But, uh, no, yeah, I, I just need to, I'm not focused on one particular thing, which is fine. I make a lot of content. It's just all over the place. What know? do you feel you can joke about? Oh, everything. You can joke about everything. I mean. Do you most, joke about everything? Yeah. I, yeah, I joke about everything. Most extreme example, uh, I would say, was a few years ago. A couple of years ago when I found out that the guy I lived with for two years murdered his new landlord and killed himself. A few hours I saw him for the last time. And that was very disturbing to find that out. The last thing, furthest thing from my mind was comedy at the time. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. But then I was like, I started thinking about it more and more and started coming up with jokes about it. And I was like, try to turn this horrible tragedy into a comedy it was it took a while it took a few months i think i was probably just disturbing people by telling them that because you know people sometimes joke about really uh dark things and but they just make them up you know but this was actually true and so i feel like some people are like "Ooh, that's not that's not funny and uh, it's not funny it's a terrible terrible thing that happened but it was confusing for me because I knew this guy, you know, I lived with him for two years and uh, we had a complicated relationship. You know, he was a stranger from Craigslist who I let move into my house. And, um, he did freak me out to the point where I had to kick him out of our house, but we still were friendly. And the fact that he, uh, he did what he did is insane. But, uh, there's a whole lot, a lot of more context to, uh, the jokes that I was telling her, how I framed it, because my wife kind of moved out of the house because she was kind of freaked out by him. So kind of the punchline of this whole story was just like, like I have to live the rest of my life 
knowing that my wife was right about this guy, like she's never going to let that go. Are you kidding me? This is a nightmare for me. Stuart. But I have jokes about my, my dead best friend, not about, that's the thing is I feel like it, anything can be a joke. It depends what angle you're taking. So I talk about it. I'm not like, oh, my, yeah, I'm sort of making jokes about my, my dead best friend, which is a subject that's kind of personal, but trying to frame it in a, in yeah. a fun way. Do you use comedy as a survival mechanism and how? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think past few minutes of me rambling is uh, perfect evidence of that. Yeah, because I feel like the world has clearly gone completely insane in the past few years. Like, I started to feel at a certain point, like, I, the world, everyone's gone insane. Everyone has lost their mind. I went with the whole the fake news and the, uh, like, you know, alternative facts. There comes a point where you're just like, I, I think that comedy it doesn't have to be about telling the truth but i think uh, for some people it should be someone speaking the truth about things and also being funny because people who just get up there and rant or do it like that's not that's not comedy but if you can get people to accept new ideas by making them laugh or not even new ideas just common sense ideas and pointing out the insanity of what's happening is important and i wasn't really hearing that too many people so i did, i wanted to do it and just to keep myself sane because yes. like, is everyone yeah, absolutely is everyone crazy like someone's got to be saying something yeah. about it. well humor it's a great way i feel like you know to remind us that we are safe you know that gives us that hope especially like you said you talk about how you pe- make jokes about your passing of your best friend and how hard those experiences are in life and the pain that comes from when we go through these really intense experiences, how important humor is yeah. to survive. It is. You got to laugh. I mean, otherwise you go insane. I mean, there's so many things to be angry about right now. Yeah. And I feel like so many people are clearly angry at the wrong things. Like there's so much that's right in front of your face. But I feel like there's this cognitive dissonance where people don't want to believe the truth of the horrible shit that's in front of their face. So they come up with these straw men and these other conspiracy and all this shit that has nothing to do with reality. At the very least, I mean, I, but I do this mostly just to entertain myself. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I just so I can, just to either express myself or just make myself laugh with something just to stay sane because we're living in a nightmare world. Mm. <laughs> Was that that Kurt Vonnegut quote? Yeah, to get into the arts to make life more bearable. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I love Kurt. We're on a first name basis, Kurt. Look at you. Oh God. <laughs> Is that one of the celebrities in your book? Uh, I wish. <laughs> um. I wanted to ask you too. So then how do you, because we are, there is a lot of crazy. It's so, it's maddening. And especially I feel like comedy now is so important because, you know, like it's the sugar that makes the medicine go down. How do you approach things that are really fucked up about our society that you want to bring attention to, but you use humor? How do you, how do you do that? Or do you avoid it? 
Oh no, I uh, I have done many political things, and I like to me that is where I feel the most vulnerable is because. For one thing, you never know who's in the crowd and how they feel about something. And also, I think most comedians hate political comedy. <laughs> and I don't, I don't blame them because most of it is terrible. Like, there's a lot of dudes. There seems to be a lot of like white fifty to sixty year old dudes who go to mics, and they just are like, "Trump, what's the deal with Trump? He's, you know." And then they just say things that he said, and I'm like, "But you're just repeating what he said. This isn't a joke. There's no." angle here so i get that but i try to find a different uh uh angle if i talk about politics to try to i don't know make some sort of analogy or a point that people can understand and it was right after the white house correspondence dinner and i was pretending to be enraged by michelle wolf's speech and kind of trying to uh, pretending i was defending trump the whole time but you know being like you know people say he's racist he's not racist like they say he's racist because he wouldn't he wouldn't rent to black people in the 70s but his buildings are crumbling pieces of shit like some guy just died in a fire in trump tower a month ago like he was trying to save the black people from living in his shitty buildings <laughs> and there's like a whole you know a whole routine about that and I felt it went well, but then like afterwards, some guy was just like, hey, so you're a Trump guy? Like, yeah, me too. And I was like, how did you not understand what I was doing? <laughs> you did not. It went right over his head. Oh. Yeah, that's happened a bunch of times. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, you just, in order to, to you know. You got to work through a lot, especially too, like with jokes like, when you have a concept and you're like just trying it out too, like sometimes, yeah, it's like, that's not the message that I want. So I love when people, yeah, come up and kind of identify themselves because you're just like, no, that's not, you're not my audience. You're not, you know, thank you for making yourself known to me, but now I've got to go back and rewrite that joke. Yeah. I feel like uh, there's not a lot of satire or maybe, it, you know, I guess if you have to explain yourself, maybe you didn't do a great job, but I feel like some people don't understand why, uh, you know, that you're joking sometimes, because if you take the opposite approach, you know, it would be like if someone watched the Colbert report and was like, Stephen Colbert is clearly a Republican, you know, <laughs> like, but like, no, you're making, you're making fun of this thing. And I, you know, I feel like it's at least a different angle to come from because just getting up there and ranting, which a lot of people do, uh, is not it's not funny and it's not productive because you're never going to win people over that way. But if you can get people to be like, "Oh wait, I get that was funny and I get the connection there," yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll open their mind. Probably not, but but at least i think with humor humor makes things more likely that people will think about it as opposed to our other methods of discourse right now which do not seem to be working you know people i feel like are really digging their heels down um in their opinions yeah screaming at each other isn't working uh although i'm on twitter screaming at people all day long so <laughs> i feel like you need a lot of cocaine for twitter i cannot keep up with it it is so overwhelming i'm like oh my god it's a portal to help yeah you're right it's terrifying what is uh, the area of your comedy where you feel most vulnerable doing or talking about 
Yeah, I, I still feel like uh, talking about politics is the most vulnerable. Like, I have no problem talking about my sex life or masturbation habits or anything that, uh, you know, that is, I wouldn't even say that's taboo at this point, but I feel like talking about your beliefs because you're you're bound to get made fun of by everybody you know you're you're treading in um, dangerous territory of like you're trying to be you know trying to be woke or you're accidentally being offensive by trying you know there's or yeah or you're offending people who don't agree with what you believe in Mm -hmm. like bringing up anything that might be considered political is where I feel like uh, I'm in danger of getting attacked by someone um, or people booing or throwing things at me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, nothing. Like I said, I've talked about various personal things, murder, suicide, (laughs) friends dying and, you know, my wife leaving, you know, moving out for two years and all sorts of other things. And uh, I'm fine with talking about anything about myself, but I'm more like talking about other things that I believe in is more vulnerable for me because I'm afraid of people yelling at me. <laughs> okay, so... You don't want to get yelled at. You don't want to get yelled at? <laughs> I don't want to get yelled at. to love me. I didn't like what you said, young man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear Vin. So now we're going to have Vin. He's going to share some of his comedy. We want to know. I want to know one of your jokes that you do, that you have. You don't have to share one that you've done. It might be one in the works. But I want to know a joke where your butthole clenches up. Because I feel like that's such a visceral reaction. Like, oh, God, I'm so afraid of doing this, but I have to do it. Yeah, that well, for you, Vin? Keeping with the, the theme of what I've been what I was just talking about, uh, there was a joke that I've done a few times, and uh, it scares me to do it because, again, you don't know how people are going to respond. But talking about the president and being like, what, like, what's the deal? Like, this fucking guy, like, someone just got to take him out already. Like, will someone just take him out to a nice dinner? He clearly does not eat well. He's eating fast food all the time. I mean, come on. Seriously, someone shoot the fucking president for the love of someone shoot the president with a nice camera. Look, he looks terrible in all these pictures. Come on, would someone shoot him with a nice camera? But seriously, someone kill the fucking president. Just fucking kill him already. With kindness. Clearly, he was never loved in his life. He needs love. Just. Uh. But I feel like that. That like before I get to the the joke part of that, I'm like, there's always like silence, and I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> is someone gonna shoot me now? <laughs> yeah, the build up, yeah, because it's a very tense build up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know, like you know, I usually get like really angry, and you know, do and then it's like, oh, the joke part. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. One time a guy came up to me after that and was like, real, real cool, man. Like, real edgy, making fun of the president. Like, what do you make fun of disabled people, too? And I was like, no, but you know who does make fun of <laughs> Funny thing about that. And then he just walked away. 
<laughs> That's great, though. There you got the tag for your joke now. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, my God. So what about then, uh, what joke do you love to do, but you know damn well that everybody in the audience's butthole is going to clench up, and you're probably going to get that guy coming back up to you saying, you know, what? what's that joke? Yeah. Well, again, this is another uh, political joke. I don't just do political jokes. I know that's all I've been talking about. And, and But those, again, those are the ones that scare me the most because those are the only ones people get offended by, at least are angry about. But uh, I told this a few times back in about a year ago or so when the whole family separation and the kids, they're still in cages. There's, it's still happening. It hasn't stopped happening. We all just kind of forgot because every day is a new nightmare. But uh, I was talking about family separation. Just, uh, you know, I was like, you know, my family just said Father's Day. We all got together. Family separation sounds great right about now, if you ask me. But uh, I was like, I was on Facebook and, you know, I saw someone post like sign this petition. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's get those kids out of those cages. And then I, I, I clicked on the petition and it was for uh, uh, trying to stop a dog meat festival in Korea. And I was like, really? Like that? Like, I love my dog. Trust me. But uh, like, that's not, is that what you want to be posting about right now? Like, it kind of seems to me like posting like a lost cat flyer in Germany during the Holocaust. Like, have you guys seen Fluffy? Why do you guys look so sad? You're about to get on a train ride. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah that one. uh I usually get like an oh, like one of those like responses from from the crowd for doing that. Uh-huh. Do you find with your comedy you lean into that? Do you get those responses, or you find yourself like now, like the more you're doing it, like dialing it back and being more like playful and jovial and not doing as much like political material? Yeah, I haven't been doing that as much recently. I don't know. It's not. It just kind of depends on what is going on at the the time in my life and the world. Try to just put together a set that's kind of whatever I've been thinking about recently at that time. And not that I, you know, sometimes it's like I don't want to do this material at this certain place because no one wants to hear it. You kind of got to feel it out. You know, there have been times I've gotten to a, a mic or a show and been like, oh, what I had planned is definitely not going to work with this crowd, you know, mm-hmm. try to adjust on the fly. Um, How do you think it? I think in recent days kind of cut back. Because then you get pigeonholed. I don't want to get pigeonholed as, oh, he's just the guy who talks about this or that. Or, you know. How do you gauge what, like, to talk about with an audience? Uh, yeah, it depends on what they're reacting to, I think, during the course of the night. We're going to start to wrap it up. We've had the uh, political comedian, um, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding, just kidding. Uh, But we did have, yeah, Vin Brew's our guest today. Um, He has been so candid. And as we start to wrap up, I would just like to know, Vin, how do you see your comedy evolving and what would you like it to be? That's a good question. I, I just hope I get smarter and funnier, mostly funnier. Because, <laughs> yeah, but I would like I would like it to be unique, you know, and original, you know. 
but at least just have an original sort of personality and act that uh, is unique to me and who I am. What do you think makes you distinct? I, I'm weird. I'm a weird guy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've been told that from a very early age. I recently remembered the other day that my brother hit me in the head with a baseball bat when I was like five. Oh my god! Oh um, no. And from what I was told. Uh, it was an accident that I was playing catcher and I got too close and he swung, you know, full speed and hit me in the head and I had to go to the hospital. But I'm kind of wondering now if maybe it wasn't an accident. Maybe my brother was trying to kill me. <laughs> anyway, I feel like that explains a lot of uh, about uh, about who I am. Doing comedy and embracing the fact that you're willing to be weird. How do you feel that's benefited your life? Uh, yeah, I think in general, I, it's a constant thing that I, uh, I don't, I mean, it's not a conscious, to a degree it is, but just find, remembering who you are. I think, again, because I was hit in the head with a baseball bat. I don't, but sometimes I'm like, oh, it's okay to be, to be weird. And I forget that a lot of times, because especially doing comedy, I think you have, uh, a lot of people have this idea I'm like this is how it has to be done. This is this is what you talk about. This is how you carry yourself, and then you gotta be like, oh, I I don't have to do that. I can do. I can just be me, and do it the way I want to do it. And if people don't like it, what's the worst that can happen? You know. You know, because again, critiquing yourself is you're showing off your. Yeah. Your weakness is you're exposing yourself. Like I need to, you know, shine that light on how to do this better, and that's hard to do. That's a. It's I would say that my comedy and my brain and everything has gotten better because of my wife, who uh, Eve, who critiques everything that I do, and uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. At first, when we worked on our, our web series or any videos that we've made. And she would give me her opinion, like, your initial instinct is like, fuck you. No, you're an idiot. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> but after a while, it's like, oh, wait, no, you're right. And and accepting that you're wrong and this other perspective is better and, and collaborating with someone, which I feel like comedians, given that it's a very solo, you know, routine that you do you're up there on stage you don't always have a lot of people giving you an honest critique and my wife is very very honest with me about everything that i've done and there have been plenty of times and i've told her jokes she's like you shouldn't do that or like this is how i see it mm -hmm. and it's made me think about oh yeah maybe people are gonna take it the wrong way or maybe she, like it's a different perspective and i feel like that that has helped me personally a lot um but and it's taken years to to be able to accept criticism without being like fuck you're an idiot no i'm right you're wrong mm -hmm. yeah no yeah that's an initial reaction but if you can like you said let go of that there's so much more growth that can come out of it yeah. You know, and you come out you come out better on the other side. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe that. Totally. That's, oh my god. Well Vin, it was so awesome having you today as a guest on Comedians Exposed. It was you were so insightful. I loved um 
everything that you shared. Everybody, you guys should definitely check out Ben. Um, you're on, if you want to plug right now your social media and your, again, your YouTube site and everything, other projects you have in right now, if you could just share it um, where we could find you. Yeah, Instagram.com backslash Ben Brew. That's B-I-N-B-R-U-E. And uh, also on Twitter, same thing, B-I-N-B-R-U-E. And at YouTube.com slash call it even. That's even, E-V-I-N. Because my wife's name's even. I'm Ben. So it's call uh, it even. Uh, that's where that comes from. I like uh-huh. call it even. That's clever. Yeah, you got all your videos on there. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Thank you again so much for doing this. This was wonderful. And thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for your willingness to be vulnerable. And we can't wait to see what you're going to be producing next. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.